0: Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Who loves to worship God? I'm I'm going to give you a little bit of resource, something that if you want to write it down, a worship track this week that I've been listening to on repeat, I did this ages ago and I said that I would do it and I forgot about it. Give you guys different things that I'm listening to or reading. This is called Is He Worthy? forward slash Agnes Deo forward slash We Fall Down by Maverick City. Yeah. So if you just Spotify or YouTube is he worthy Maverick City? Maverick City worship. It's a medley, is that the right word? Of three songs, and it's beautiful. I just I love worshiping God. I think we could worship God a lot more, and I was I've got little eyes right now. Cause I was in the office and I was just bawling like a baby. Because God's presence was just so tangible. But I'm a softie and uh, by the way, it's good to have China and her husband back and their baby. Uh chill, chill, what? So that song I pray would mess you up like it messes me up because it completely messes me up in the best possible way. I have something for Vision Sunday. And Monday night, uh, we shared it with a lot of our leadership team. Um, And then I was this morning, it's like God just started speaking to me. And it's like it's to do with what we spoke about on Monday, but it's another layer to it. So I apologize to the AV guys in advance. It's going to be a bit messy today. so, and bear with me, because I'm going to try, it's really hard to experience, to, to, to share when you sense God's doing something in here sometimes, it's hard to verbalise. Do you want to hear something light though before we start? Yeah. All right. A small church was raising funds for a new piano. We should get a piano in this church. An old school, big piano right in the (laughs) centre. On Sunday, the pastor said, whoever gives the most money today for the offering can pick out three hymns. So they pass the offering plate around and the pastor sees a $100 bill in the plate. He says, look, we have a winner. Whoever gave the $100 bill can come to the front and select three hymns. An 80-year-old lady slowly got up, walked down the front and pointed her finger into the crowd. I'll take him, him and him. (laughs) That's pretty good, eh? (laughs) Uh, I can see it happening for sure. I can see that. This week... um, I had the privilege of, you can sit down Kez, you're great, you can sit, I had the privilege of going to um, a gathering of different um, ACC regional leaders, and these guys are the, and ladies are the people who, in a sense, pastor pastors in the movement, they um, have responsibility to work with pastors in regions. Uh, the South Coast region is a big one. It goes from Helensburg all the way down to Eden. So it's a big area. And Charlie and I uh, were asked about three years ago now to, if we would run that, oversee that region. And we feel like part of the anointing on Celebration Church is to be a resource, is to be a well. And so we said yes to that. And so through the week, I'll often be on the phone to pastors uh, from other churches in our region. Um, we run events here through the year for them um, to check in, to let them, let them know we're praying for them, to let them know they're not alone. And I was at, so I was at this day and they get this everyone together, I was up in Newcastle, and we do a day together where different people speak and share. And... It's always a privilege for me to be in a room with shepherds and shepherds of shepherds. Um, You will never hear me speak badly about a pastor, even if that pastor is bad. I will not speak badly about him or her. Um, I think that I will be a man of honour. And so to be in a room full of different pastors was a real um, honour for me And I was the second youngest in the room. Somebody else has now taken the youngest title. And he runs Youth Alive, so he should take the youngest title. Um, And the rest are, are, are amazing people who have many, many years' experience. And as I was sitting there and as I was just listening to what God was saying, I always try and listen to what God might be saying. This morning, don't just listen to my words. Don't just look at my sweatiness. Focus in to what God might be saying to you. Today is a win if you walk away hearing something from the Holy Spirit. It is a lose if you go away not hearing anything from the Holy Spirit and hearing another bunch of noise. So I'm sitting there and I'm listening and... They'd done this moment and it was an amazing moment. It was a highlight for me where one of our speakers talked about how faith isn't loud, faith is quiet. And as Pentecostal Christians, we love to be loud, yeah? People come to church and it's loud, it's loud greeting, it's loud worship, it's loud preaching, it's loud, and that's not bad, but there is also a moment where the Bible says to wait quietly before the Lord. And then it says, and he will do this. He will act for you. And so true faith isn't actually loud. It's quiet. You see, Vision Sunday is a challenge because it's like, I want to get you guys fired up. And I want to get you guys into a degree motivated to take the city for God. understand that it's supernatural faith deposited in your spirit faith is a knowing it's a certainty when that happens you don't need to be the loudest you just need to be the most assured (laughs) anyway different subject different sermon different gold But we had this session and the speaker spoke on this. And then he said, we're going to wait a few minutes and we're going to get everyone to sit silently. And I want you to listen in your quietness to what God might want to say. So we sat there for a few minutes. only probably three minutes. And then he said, who has the guts to share what God said? And a few people started sharing. And you know the breakthrough in those three minutes was more than I think the whole day. People had one lady, her mum was in a like she was an older lady, her mum was in a nursing home, had a stroke, was on her deathbed, and God said to her, let me fight for you. Stop being the one making all the noise. And she's there crying, going, God, just just set me free from having to be the the faith-filled one. Well, faith is quiet sometimes. And it's just different stories, different breakthroughs. Why don't we do that now? Why don't we close our eyes and let's just allow God to speak to us about anything and let's just let our own internal noise just die down for a few minutes. I don't want to interrupt. but God is speaking to people. You can open your eyes if you like. You can keep them closed if you like. I'm going to continue on with this morning. But in that moment, how many people just feel like God was speaking to them in this place? Yeah, hands up. That was two minutes. Two minutes of waiting on the Lord. And some of you probably just got the biggest breakthrough you've had all year. You see, what's happened is we've lived in two years of a COVID pandemic noise Uh, centric world and the reason why I kind of in the office then was in tears with the law was because I felt God give me this picture and I'm going to try and explain to you this picture Charlie and I um, were prophetic leaders we don't talk about it much in a church but you'll hear it more this year because I think we need to equip you to be more prophetic activate that more And we've been encouraged recently, um, end of last year, we got a phone call from a pastor who uh, five or six years ago, we'd done a series of meetings for them and we shared a prophetic word which was really out there. Like it was the type of word that was like, we walked away thinking, I think we missed it. But we felt to share it anyway. And the pastors at the time said, basically, it's wrong. Six years later, or was it five years later, they called us up before Christmas and said, the word you gave us five years ago just came to pass. And they said it's given us the, the confidence to act and respond the way that we are today because of a word five years ago which we felt like due to the response of the people might have been wrong, but in our spirit we felt was right. So we're going to start to lean into that gifting more for our church and through this church because a word from the Lord in season can change everything. And this year I'd love to help equip you to activate the prophetic in your life because a prophetically led Christian who is accurate can set people free. (laughs) And I won't get into that now, although I'd love to, but I won't. I was in the office then and I saw this picture and it was... I'll, I'll, give me, I'll give you an example before I say it. Oh, well, I, I, This is what I saw. I saw this mountain range. And I saw light just coming over the top of it a little bit. And I felt like the Lord was saying this to the church, to our church and the church. And I'm going to probably email this to our state president and the ACC, this prophetic word. Um, hopefully it will be an encouragement. I, is this. We've lived in two years now of noise, and noise has created a shelf, a, a wall, a mountain range between God's people and the promises of God. Yeah. We've had noise of COVID. We've had noise of fear. We've had Christians who have lifted up. Why is it that the, the, the minority seem to be the loudest? A voice of Christians, which is actually a voice of fear about COVID, about all the things related to that. What's happened is, is that it's gotten in the way of us stepping into the promises of God because we're so caught up in what's happening in front of our very eyes. You need to see prophetically what God is doing. Now, as a side note, just to educate us as a church, the two most spiritual weeks in Charlie and my, in our year, isn't Easter, And it isn't Christmas. It's our Vision Week this week. And it's our giving week, Miracle Giving Week. Just to educate you. Our prophetic gift starts to light up, often in a negative way, in the weeks leading up to Vision Sunday and our Miracle Giving. I think with Easter and Christmas, we celebrate what has been done. And it's powerful. With today, we talk about what is to come. We talk about advancement, and the enemy doesn't like it. So Charlie will tell you, I've had 3 a.m. throughout this week, up to 3 a.m., tossing and turning, sensing spiritually the opposition because of what we're sharing today. And for some of us, it might just be another message, but spiritually we are declaring... So Monday night I met with our, our team and I put a flag in the ground spiritually and said, "This is where we're going. That's not a time for us to be silent. It's a time for us to say we are together." Um, our miracle week, our miracle giving week later in the year. it's a very spiritual moment. Why? Because we are giving to advance kingdom. So that's a bit of goal for you. So make sure in these weeks, pray for your pastors, don't be silent. So we come back to this picture, and I just felt like God was saying this. And I've got scripture here. I feel like God was saying this to the church. And again, this isn't slide, there's no slides for this because it's from this morning. I felt like the Lord was saying, I am making ways through the mountain, I'm clearing paths through the mountain. And on the other side of that mountain is promised land, promised fruit, promised breakthrough. It is who the church is called to be. But the noise we've allowed, we must cause to dissipate. All the COVID stuff, all the vaccine stuff, all the Christian politics, all that stuff, let it fall away. We are missing the point, which is this. We have people who need Christ. We have cities who need God. This week I heard a statistic. Only 40% of churches have come back since COVID. I mean, in terms of attendance, only 40% of attendance. 60% of people have stayed away. The church has taken a step back because of a stupid virus. So we have to be aware of this. And we have to say, we take a step forward now. We take a step forward for the broken, for those who need Christ. We don't get caught up in the noise. Get off social media. Get off. If people are sending you inboxes about vaccine conspiracy, either hide them or delete them. I'm telling you, it gets in your head. (laughs) I don't hear from them anymore. It's great. Hide. I don't get any more of your rubbish. Why Why is this the case? There are people who need Christ. Am I pro-vax, anti-vax? I could care less. People are people who need salvation. Who's been watching the Ukrainian crisis on the news? There are bigger issues in the world. I'm telling you, we need to be people and Christians. Listen, understand what's happening, understand spiritually what's happening in our earth. God is causing us to go, I will make a way through the mountains. I will make a way through the valleys. I will make a way in the desert. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. Because I'm telling you, church, churches aren't cutting it right now. I hope you realise this in Australia. There's a bunch of churches who have nice country clubs. But where is the salvation? Where is the healing? Where is the prophetic moment? Where is the voice of God setting the captive free? You know, it's been been muzzled by the person who thinks that their cause is greater than the gospel. Hear the voice of the Father. Listen to this. Religion that our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. James 1:27. what is religion that God wants that is acceptable it isn't three songs and an offering on a Sunday it is us reaching out as God's family to those who are widows to those who are broken, to the spiritual orphans, to the physical orphans and saying, listen, God's family is big enough for you. Oh, this is God's heart. So let's get over the noise. I would go so far to say this. Let's repent of getting distracted by well-meaning people who have distracted us from what God actually wants to do. Which is what, church? I'll tell you what it is. Hebrews 12, verse 12. It says, therefore, strengthen your feeble arms. Why don't you touch your arm muscle for a second? How does it feel? Strengthen your feeble arms and weak legs. Make level paths for your feet. Listen, this breaks me this verse. Let it break your heart. So that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Strengthen your arms, church. Strengthen your knees. Get strong again. So that the disabled will not be crippled, but may be healed. Because a crippled person has trouble climbing a mountain. So it's up to us. To say God, we put aside distraction and we fix our eyes on you, Lord Jesus, and we will be a church of healing, of breakthrough, of supernatural, of prophetic. We'll be a church, and if this will make you uncomfortable, please, what the heck? <laughs> this is gospel. Oh, please get this. And don't let the amens distract you. Everybody has a part to play. Listen, if only 40% of churches have come back to meet together, we have to strengthen our arms and we have to strengthen our legs and we have to actually go no more noise. The enemy will always try and distract you through the sandstorm. The sandstorm is this a little issue, little issue, little issue, little offense, little report, little negative person little situation all of a sudden it's like whoa and it's not real it's not real you know what's real Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we might be set free that's it (laughs) he is salt and light therefore we are salt and light we are his family we are adopted as sons and daughters and therefore we go out and it says compel them to come in and eat of the good food of God the fruits of God And that's it. The Pharisees get caught up in arguments. Jesus got caught up in eternal life issues. Pharisees exist today. Pharisees are around us. There might even be some Pharisees in our church. At some point, I might have been a Pharisee without meaning to. I have to come back to what matters, which is this. There is a mountain range of range of noise. But through that noise is the promises and the fruits of God. Therefore, let's be a church that goes through the mountain. He is making a way. He is making a path. Listen to this. Isaiah forty-three nineteen says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now listen, is church the same old for you? No, God is doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. It says this in Isaiah 40, verse 3. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight path, uh, sorry, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Get this, listen to this, please. Let your spirit rise with me. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, and every rough ground shall become level and rugged places plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And look at this. And all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Oh, we all want this. We all want our city to see God's glory. We all want our city to see his goodness. But it's not until we go, we will cut away from the noise. We will cut away from the distraction. And we will say yes to God's promises. Yes to his breakthrough. The grapes in the promised land were so big Two men, grown men, had to carry them between themselves. My son loves grapes. We give him grapes. They are little bunches of grapes. a fruit so big that we had to work together to carry it. i put it to you this morning. The true kingdom fruit needs more than one to carry it. When the nets were overflowing, they called out to the others, help us. True kingdom fruit needs more than one to carry it. This dissolves then the attitude of lone soldiers out who never connect with local church. I'm just going to do my own thing out in my own way. No, no, true fruit takes more than one. I put it to you that Jesus said this, where two or more are gathered, there I am. So post-COVID people stay home because they've forgotten that it takes two or more. Yeah. Two or more families, two or more groups, p- 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 two or more people meeting together, going, we're going to actually work together to bring in the grapes because they're too big. Now, if you were here on Monday, I have just shared a bunch of stuff which I shared nothing of on Monday. So you see how it's just a layer. So we're called to be a supernatural church. And God is calling the church to be a church of such great fruit that two or more must work together to carry it. And it ties into our theme this year of family. We will celebrate family a celebration church. Family and and, and you're gonna hear this a lot, but family that sorry, a church that finds family and creates family. People that cause others to find family. But then go, we're going to create family as well. Yeah. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about babies. I'm not saying go and have a baby. Although Bond and Dave have definitely prophetically heard the call before today. Now, I'm talking about spiritually. Finding family, that our, our society would find family, that our city would find Family. Maybe you in this place, you feel like you're isolated. May you find family this year here. May you feel connected this year here. And we'll have different things throughout the year to try and facilitate that, whether it be through through oh uh, well you're here in a moment. I won't jump ahead of myself. This year I just believe that the, the 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 heart of the father is that we be a strong family church. Not a clicky family, not an exclusive family but a family that, that understands the heart of our Heavenly Father, that we become exceptionally good at allowing people into our families. Whether it's new people on a Sunday or new people to your groups through the week, that we become people who say, hey, the bigger the merrier, the bigger the better. There's always space at the table for you. I've been challenged with this thought because I've been thinking about Charlie and me and Bear and our family and I thought if we came to Nara, if we moved here what would make me want to join this church what would be important to us God's presence would be something great for bear to be involved with would be for the kids ultimately that would be us finding family. Because that's what God's house is called to be. Now who sits at the head of the table? Jesus. <laughs> and we read the story of the wedding banquet, and I love the passion of the writer, and it's the passion of the father, where they go out and they bring people in, and it's like, not enough, not enough. Don't you know how much food I've made? Don't you know how much I've prepared? And it says, compel them. Go to the highways and the byways. Don't just get the noble ones, get everybody. Drag them in. That's the heart of the Father. I'll just, I'll go back to the slides. Thanks, Alan. I'll just go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. It It says, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially those who are in the household of faith. You know, you represent the household of faith this morning. Turn to the person next to you and say, we're in the same household. (laughs) We need to think of the church like this. This is what the local church is. It's different bedrooms and one living space. You might have youth hanging out in one room. You might have kids hanging out in one room. You might... But then we all come together and we hang out in the living space. You know what this is? This is the living space. We're all, we've all went out in our weeks and we're going to talk about celebration groups in a second, but we all go out to our different things and we come together and we're like, hey, let's hang out and share some stories in the living space. In the lounge room. Many rooms, but a big lounge room. The family of God, the family that belongs it says in Ephesians 1.5, and I'm sorry, Alan, I'm just going to mess this up, but Ephesians 1.5, he predestined us for adoption as sons according to his purpose and his will. Who he loves Jesus? Okay, you think you chose Jesus. <laughs> well, that's how we're taught sometimes. Put your hand up and choose Jesus. Little do they realize that when the hand goes up, they are the ones who were chosen. They are the ones who were predestined. For his purposes, Ephesians 2.9, you are no longer strangers, but you are fellow citizens with saints as members of the household of God. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 5 with me, verse 13, Matthew 5.13. Why don't you turn to your neighbour and say salt and light. It says this, it says, you are the light of the earth. Turn to your other neighbour if you have it, and just pitch them as a giant light. A bright light. It's kind of weird, isn't it? You are the salt of the earth, but... If salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Why does it say that? Just for our younger people here, when it's icy, has put, put salt on the ground. It makes it grippy. It wrecks the cars, but it makes it grippy. Therefore, it's not good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled. It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do uh, do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and give it light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See this thing? It's a salt dispenser. I was hoping for a giant salt dispenser. This is the best we could get. I know I want some salt. If you want some salt afterwards, come and I'll give you some salt. I'll walk around outside. I'll carry this. You can have some salt. I'll give you some fresh ground grinders' salt. <laughs> Both salt and light have properties that affect everything around them. <laughs> come back to it. You are the light, you are the salt. Jesus speaking, Claudia is the light. China is the salt. Karen is the light. Uh, To the point where it's not even you carry light, it says you are light. You can't turn that light. If you're light, you can't turn yourself off or on. You walk into a room, you light it up. This room is very bright spiritually right now. If you could see spiritually, you'd be going, oh, I need my glasses, like sunnies. This is very, very uncomfortable. You're in a very salty room right now. (laughs) Saltiness, maybe, you know, extra salt, too much salt, too much chicken salt, too much. Not enough. But both salt and light have properties that affect things around them. If you're not affecting those around you, you're not salty or light anymore. I'm not effective to impact those around me. Well, how's your saltiness going? How's your light? Connect back to the vine. Put that electricity cord back in. Is this okay this morning? Oh, this is good. Finding family and creating family is our heart this year. A family that is supernatural. A family that creates moments of supernatural. We're at a place now with Bear, he's my son if you're new here, where we're starting to teach him about the supernatural. We're talking about making sure that we take time to play worship around him, make time every night we pray over him, every night we prophesy even over him. We do it because it's, we're, creating, we're creating a legacy. We're creating a legacy. We're sowing prophetic notes and prophetic seeds into that boy that one day will produce kingdom fruit. This year we're going to be launching something called celebration groups. And there's two types of celebration groups. One is discipleship, formerly Connect Group. These exist to disciple people in their walks with God. Discipleship is the backbone of our church. And the second tier is this celebration groups, which are community groups, and they cover a diverse group of gatherings to reach into the lives of our community. I've been challenged recently, or intrigued is a better word. I've been seeing, especially down south, down Vincenna way, groups of people, regularly, big groups, sitting together and getting coffee. And I don't think they're part of a church. And most of them are over 50, and they sit there and they just groups of 10, 20, sometimes even 30, sitting around in cafes, just having laughs, having great fellowship. And I'm like, I'm so intrigued that when I see them, I'm going to go up and say, what is this group? Like, what is causing you to meet together? But I haven't had the guts to do it yet. My introverted side has won so far, but I will overcome it. And I look at those groups and I think this, that's the kingdom, that's the church, this is a living room, but celebration groups are all the different bedrooms, all the different rooms in the house, community groups cover anything from, well let me get to that in a second, I don't want to mess up the AV too much. It's easy to start a celebration group in our church. Four simple steps. Find people together. Pray for those people. Love them. And gather them. In your house, in your coffee shop, in your motorbike group, in your park with your kids playing. Yeah, we all got coffee standing around. But here's the mentality we have. We gather them as salt and as light. Charlie recently, and I shared this story on Monday. She had a lady in her staff, staff room who was retiring after 30 years, 35 years, and they wrote her a card or something, and Charlotte's like, no, no, this is a bigger deal than a card, and a box of chocolates. We need to so she organized them to go out for dinner to celebrate this lady. And there was 10, maybe 10 of these, and their teachers all meeting together, having a nice meal laughing, sharing stories. This lady was so blessed. None of them were Christians. And they went away from her saying to Charlotte, this was so refreshing. Can we do it again soon? You know what Charlie was at that moment? She gathered a bunch and went, my light is in here. My salt, my salt dispenser is working. What's some more salt? She' just done more ministry-wise than probably what she would do in six months here. Big call. Because she just took her light into darkness. She just bridged a gap between people who were in darkness on the other side of the mountain range. Uh, Sorry, on this side of the mountain range, you need him on the other side. She says, hey, I'll help make a way for you. We are so cultured and so taught as an Australian, and America is the same, we're so taught that everything has to be revolved around the Sunday gathering. And hey, it's biblical to meet together. It's noble, it's biblical, it's powerful, it's a corporate anointing. But Jesus went to the synagogue, but he also spent, read the Gospels. Most of his stories were not in the synagogue. Where were they? At someone's dinner. At the local pool, bathhouse. Where all the lepers were hanging out, walking by there. Walking along with those big trees and someone up the tree said, Hey, Jesus, oh, there's someone up the tree. Out in the fields, out where they're fishing, out on the boat. But he was so led by the spirit, the kingdom was breaking out everywhere he went. He was so led by the spirit that supernatural moments, light was breaking through the, the sheet of darkness everywhere he went because he understood who he was. And you heard me speak a few weeks ago about serving God, about the power of serving God. And it says that he washed the disciples' feet, but before it says he'd done that, it says, because he knew where he came from and where he was going, he washed their feet. He knew his identity. So washing someone's feet, which was disgusting, didn't demean him because he knew who he was. Joel spoke a great message last week about bad company. Bad company is bad if you don't know who you are. If you know your light, and that's unshakable, then you can start to affect the darkest places. Jesus hung out with the prostitutes. He hung out with the thieves. He hung out with the tax collectors. And we don't really have much of an understanding of tax collectors today, apart from we pay tax. No, no, these were the ones who ripped off the people. Literally ripped them off, ripped off his families, ripped off his family, ripped off other families, the Jewish people, the tax collectors. Matthew was a tax collector. He was a professional thief, a professional thief. Yet Jesus reached out to him and said, Matthew, follow me. Now, I know that if you've been in church for any number of years, you would have heard a message like this. But what if God's trying to say something? (laughs) What if you're hearing it again because he's like, come on? Examples of celebration groups this year are social groups, inviting your neighbours over for a monthly barbecue. (laughs) Workplace groups, getting breakfast each month before work to encourage, celebrate and do life with your workmates. the day we were catching up with a couple and there was a group from a local business they had their shirts on and they were getting breakfast before work that's kingdom (laughs) for all we know, even if it was an unsafe group there could be more kingdom dynamics in that group than any of the groups we've been doing for the past year how could you Benaya? that's 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 Activity groups, surfing groups, craft groups, motorcycle groups, monthly family camping trips. Just do it on the Friday and Saturday, so you're back for Sunday. Stage of life groups. Stage of life groups, monthly young dad's coffee at the Berry Park, which is the greatest park I've ever seen in my whole life. (laughs) Empty Nesters dinners. Empty nests, as I've found out this week, are all the ones whose kids have fluttered away. And so their nest is now empty. Get together. Newly married breakfast. You can compare what arguments you're having with each other. <laughs> we have faith for this year. Faith without works is dead. I'm going to show you a story about faith and then we're going to share what our faith goal is for this. And you've heard it probably, but if you knew, you haven't. So I'm going to share it again. And I shared it with someone this week because they, they're in their late 30s and they finally got into their house as a family. They live up north and they had no way of buying a house. And some of us in this room, you feel like that, because the market is so ridiculous. They got into a house, and the story was supernatural. Pretty much someone sold them a million-dollar house for 600 grand, because God told them to. He called him, and said, hey, can we meet in the Nacker's car park? He's like, what am I meeting him in the Nacker's car park for? <laughs> and it was a businessman who said, God's told me to sell you this, below what it's worth. So they brought it, and the equity was a million dollars like that. Well, it's 400 grand like that. How amazing. God looks after his kids. Like, and I told him, I said, well, I've got a story for you. When we were firstly married, we were renting, and on our street, we live on a street that's got some water views and it's nice, and I said to Charlotte, hey, one day if you ever get the chance, let's buy a house on this street, even if it's the worst house, because... Everything's being renovated. The prices are going up. Anyway, we used to, we, we both sensed one day that within a year we'll be in our own home. Charlie was at university. I was on a pastor's wage, which if you know anything about that, isn't that much. And so we were like, how's this going to happen? Then we had this thought. Faith without works is dead. Yeah. So what, we, what did we do? We went, okay, let's get some works. We started going to open houses. That's one step. We started bidding on houses with no money in the bank because we knew that God had placed in our spirit that He would make a way through the mountaintop. <laughs> you see, you hear me? You hear me preach? But you understand this is backed by testimonies. We negotiated. We would go after the open house and creep up to the house and lay our hands on the bricks of houses. And we would pray and say, this is pre-our son, so we could, we'd pray, God, if this is the house for us, make a way for us. (laughs) Cuckoo. It gets better. Done that for a few months. Went, okay, what else can we do? Faith without works is dead. Let's pack up our house. We packed up our entire house into moving boxes, All we had left was a few cups, a few plates, our coffee table so we could eat on something, and the TV. And we lived like that for how many months? Nine months. We had people come over and literally say, what are you doing? You guys are crazy. And we're like, boxes everywhere. The boxes, and then we put post-it notes on everything we're going to sell and everything we're going to keep. Our house was full of pink and yellow or line or whatever that post-it note. It took so long for God to come through that by the time something happened, the post-it notes had fallen off. The stickiness had stopped working. What a waste of time. I would get home and I'd be so discouraged because God hadn't come through. We'd been living in boxes in our home for months and months and months. We couldn't have any guests over apart from some family and it felt embarrassing Long story short, the house next door came on the market, and again, this is the short version. The week before Christmas, and I think two, I think the two weeks before the year was up, we're in a solicitor's office signing for the new house. And the best thing about it, we could chuck things over the fence. <laughs> Literally, I did. Can I move this? Well, gonna move this? And God made a way for us when there was no way. And we did everything we could to practically step in and say, Lord, here are my loaves and fish. It's not enough to feed them, but it's something. We still gave here. We still gave to the miracle offerings. We still done what we did in faith And we decided we're not going to stress out because if God has spoken it, he will make a way. And so this year, God has said, the promised land is there. The light, the mountain is dissipating. I'm making paths straight for you. I'm causing you to go to a new level of a family setting and a family culture as a kingdom church. And we say, okay, we need some faith with works. This is what we're going for this year. We're believing this year that we can launch 150 celebration groups throughout our church. And if every group had six people going to it, maybe seven, we would have a thousand people in our city experiencing salt and light. That's a thousand people. That's hundreds of families. All because you said, hey, once a month, let's get together and do a breakfast before we go to work. Tell me about your family. Tell me about your interests. Tell me about your fishing. Talk to me. And then you'll wait for that little Holy Spirit moment where you can speak in something supernatural. In that moment of supernatural, and He will lead you you see light break open darkness our church becomes a church of hundreds to influencing potentially thousands because we say let's do celebration groups, let's be salt dispensers and light dispensers let's be a family church you know what, we've got to and then then once a term we're going to encourage all of our groups to do this, invite your group to do an Alpha course. And do it with them if you have to. Invite them to an event here. Invite them to a Sunday, whatever. Alpha will be there. Alpha is good at discovering purpose. That's how you say it. Do you want to discover purpose? You know what? Even if your group says no, no, no all year. And again, don't ask them every week. Ask them once a term, once every three months. Just put it out there. Pray into it. You're still achieving kingdom by meeting with them. You realise that? Love never fails. And if you're sprouting, I love this. I should dress up one time and just cover myself in fruit. And walk through the crowd and say, eat some fruit, eat some fruit. Take an apple, take an orange. Because of this, this is the reason. If you are connected to the vine, Jesus you will sprout the fruits of the Spirit. And people in that group are going, "Oh, I'll take a bit of a plum. I'll take a bit of an apple. I'll take some patience, some kindness, some forgiveness, some gentleness. I'll take some, of that. I need that in my life. And they're eating the Holy Spirit fruit. And this is why if you're a bitter Christian, you shouldn't be running any groups. Because people are going to start to eat your bitterness. Yeah? And so our heart this year is to simply go, let's reach out as God's family, creating, finding families and creating family. Yeah. A church that finds family. Again, it starts in this church. If you're feeling lonely, may you find family. And a church that goes, hey, now we've found family, let's start to create family moments. What am I good at? What do I like to do? Who do I work with? Do I have family I can get together with? Whatever it is. But you go in there with the intentionality. Prayer-filled, Holy Spirit-filled, Holy Spirit-led. I'm with salt right now. So in that group and everyone's gossiping, you're going, I'm going to gossip. I'm going to bring some salt. Going to bring some light. Going to bring some God. It's such a simple concept. <laughs> Imagine if every church in town had that idea and we were impacting 90,000 people in our region, 100,000, because we were going, everyone's in a group. Yeah. And it's a bit sly, they don't realise they're in the group, but it's kingdom. Yeah. Just like Jesus walked around and they didn't realise what was happening until, boom, Peter's, uh, sorry, Saul's on the road, boom, runs into Jesus. Becomes Paul. I am just going to chuck this thought out. You, you realize discipleship, it doesn't start on an altar. Some of us need to recalibrate. Discipleship starts at that smile to the person on the checkout. Discipleship starts as soon as you, experience, you share light and salt. Please get this with me. Do you know that before you were on the altar, if you look back at your life, most of us would go, I remember before I was actually officially a Christian that God was doing something in me. Who can say that? Like you can look back and be like, I can see different influences, different people were sent, different things that happened. And it's like the moment of Christianity happened, yes, when you made a decision, but God had sent people with different fruits throughout your life to prepare the soil. Discipleship starts at that generosity moment, yes. at that prophetic moment when you say to someone, hey, listen, you've been on my, and you can use non-Christian language, I've been thinking about you, I feel like something's going on. Yes. It's a prophetic thing in you, but to that person. They're like, what? It's a God moment. And so as we conclude, things we are doing this year to build family, in celebration church, and there's only a few, but celebration groups again, they can be broken up into discipleship, like Bible studies, or they can be community. Both are as important. Alpha groups, more baptisms, baby dedications, family preaching series, revival nights, more frequent sisterhood and band of brothers, more frequent new people's lunches or breakfasts, more more, more frequent testimonies. It's only a few, but it's something. Charlie and I best start in celebration groups this year. On on top of our mentoring groups, on top of our Connect group, the group. Why? Because we believe in what God wants to do. And let's let's, let's show the churches of our state the celebration church can run forward many churches feel like they're taking steps backwards and when they say what is God doing we say hey come along pastors, leaders come and sit in our church, they come in we refresh them we love them we fuss over them we do what we can to refresh the hearts if you ever get a chance to bless a pastor do it from any church give them a cup of water why? If the enemy wants to see sheep scattered, they'll hit the shepherds first. Guard your shepherds. Ask how you can help. Ask how you, what you can pray for. Started in this church. Pastor Joel and Alex are going on holidays starting Tuesday. They are, they are away for March, all of March. His phone will be off. Good luck trying to contact him. But you know what? They deserve it they work their butts off i thought i'd just mention it so people know so they're not trying to contact you they can try anyway just let's just pray all our pastors don't get COVID in that time that'd be a bit awkward wouldn't it i just sense the heart of the father in all this I'm looking forward to this year. I'm looking forward to ministry moments as well. I'm looking forward to prophetic moments, healing moments, worshipping moments. I think we need to shake off some shackles, shake off some mindsets some expectations and say, God, where are you taking us? Church might look different some Sundays. Good. Maybe it needs to. Why? We're not a country club. We are a kingdom worship. We, we, we go forward. We take kingdom, fruit of the spirit. We see kingdom breakthrough. We are a revival church. We are a celebration church. We are a church who is anointed by God. And I honour those who have gone before us, who have led our church through seasons who have paid the price so our property can be paid off. We have a church that's built we can meet in. Those who are prophesied about this season in years past, we honour them and we say yes and amen. For all that God wants to do and is doing. In Jesus' name. So where to from here? You'll hear more about celebration groups, but think, how can you do a celebration church group? How can you do a celebration group? What can you do to gather some people once a fortnight or once a month to be salt and light? I reckon everyone here can do it. I think we all have something to give in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.